Welcome to another podcast from Vine and Fig Tree. And today we're facing a hard time, and I believe God has a stern and sobering word for us. And we want to recognize what's going on now as very similar, almost analogous to a T, about what happened to the nation of Israel and the city of Jerusalem. And in Leviticus, through Moses, God says, if you do this, I will bless you. And then if you do this, you're going to suffer punishment. And God describes all the punishment they should suffer. And part of it is that they have gone into a lawless condition that is full of iniquity, which is lawlessness. And at the end of all of this, the punishment that he predicts, he says this in Leviticus 26.40, But if they confess their iniquity and the iniquity of their fathers with their unfaithfulness in which they were unfaithful to me, and that they also have walked contrary to me, and I also have walked contrary to them and have brought them into the land of their enemies, if their uncircumcised hearts are humbled and they accept their guilt, then I will remember my covenant with Jacob and my covenant with Isaac and my covenant with Abraham. I will remember. I will remember the land. The land also shall be left empty by them and will enjoy its Sabbath while it lies desolate without them. They will accept their guilt because they despised my judgments and because their soul abhorred my statutes. Yet for all that, when they are in the land of their enemies, I will not cast them away, nor shall I abhor them to utterly destroy them and break my covenant with them, for I am the Lord their God. But for their sake, I will remember the covenant of their ancestors, whom I brought out of the land of Egypt in the sight of the nations, that I might be their God. I am the Lord. These are the statutes and judgments and laws which the Lord made between himself and the children of Israel on Mount Sinai by the hand of Moses. And we know, brothers and sisters, that these apply to us too, because we are grafted in to Israel. And so what does it mean for us? What does it mean? What are we to do in this time when God is being disparaged? And, and I heard of and saw the video of a newscaster just this couple days ago ridiculing the Christians and openly despising them. And that's on a national media broadcast. And I want to encourage you, brothers and sisters, that um, the media is just simply lying to you. Every talking head is saying the same thing from channel to channel. They're all in collusion with the wickedness that's going on in our nation's capital. And hopefully you'll be able to find, as I did, a true report of what went on in the Capitol yesterday, that is Wednesday. And it's not what the media is saying. But God is still in charge. And lest we think that we are in dire straits, nothing could be further from the truth. In the world, they're saying peace, peace can be established in this violent way, in this way or that way, uh, disregarding God's law. But the word says that they'll say peace, peace when there is no peace. 
On the contrary, our Lord said, my peace I give you, my peace I leave with you. And so we, as believers, have real peace, not the peace that says I'm not in immediate danger, because we can have peace in immediate danger. That true peace that satisfies our hearts, that we can walk with Jesus no matter what happens. And in Ezekiel, we see the end of those who disregard God's law. And in Ezekiel 9, 1 through 10, 1, it says, Then God called out in my hearing with a loud voice, saying, Let those who have charge over the city of Jerusalem draw near, each with a deadly weapon in his hand. And suddenly six men came from the direction of the upper gate, which faces north, each with his battle axe in his hand. One man among them was clothed with linen and had a writer's inkhorn at his side. They went in and stood beside the bronze altar. Now the glory of the God of Israel had gone up from the cherub where it had been to the threshold of the temple. And he called to the men clothed with linen who had the writer's inkhorn at his side. And the Lord said to him, go through the midst of the city, through the midst of Jerusalem and put a mark on the foreheads of the men who sigh and cry over the abominations that are done within it. To the others, he said in my hearing, go after him through the city and kill. Do not let your eyes spare nor have pity. Utterly slay old and young, men, maidens, and little children and women. Do not come near anyone on whom is the mark and begin at my sanctuary. So they began with the elders who were before the temple. Then he said to them, Defile the temple and fill the courts with the slain. Go out. And they went out and killed in the city. So it was that while they were killing them, I was left alone and I fell on my face and cried out and said, Ah, Lord God, will you destroy all the remnant of Israel in pouring out your fury on Jerusalem? Then he said to me, The iniquity of the house of Israel and Judah is exceedingly great, and the land is full of bloodshed, and the city full of perversity, for they say the Lord has forsaken the land, and the Lord doesn't see. And as for me also, my eye will neither spare, nor it will have pity, but I will recompense their deeds on their own head. Just then, the man clothed with linen, who had the inkhorn at his side, reported back, said, I have done as you commanded me. And brothers and sisters, we're in a day when that inkhorn is actually our faith. And the reward that we will receive by following Jesus and his commandments all the days of our lives. So where does that leave us with all of the uh, different uh, issues, the, the fights that have gone on in this nation for the last 50 years? Let's, let's, let's fight against abortion. Let's fight against um, contraceptives. Let's fight against uh, this worldview and that worldview. And we've gotten nowhere that way. And there's a reason for that. And it's found in the scripture, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, well, that's as far as most uh, people quote it. But the, the, the essential part is the next sentence. And turn 
from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven and heal their land. So the, it, the logical conclusion is that if God is not hearing from heaven and healing our land, that we are not fulfilling, humbling ourselves and praying and seeking his face and turning from our wicked ways. Oh, Lord, help me to turn from any wicked ways that are left in me. And so there's nothing we can do about entering into the political arena and changing things. There's nothing we can do about trying to stand in front of abortion clinics, and I don't despise anyone who does that, but it's not having the right effect yet. They might save one or two here or there, but most are still going ahead with their abortions. What will change? Can we change? Can we change our society? We haven't been. But in Psalm 119, 126 through 128, we find the answer for today and what we're to be involved with. And that is this, quote, It is time for you to act, O Lord, for they have regarded your law as void. Therefore, I love your commandments more than gold, yes, than fine gold. Therefore, all your precepts concerning all things I consider to be right. I hate every false way. And brothers and sisters, if you've been sighing and crying over the abominations that are going on in this country and over the abomination of this wicked election, it's time for us to recognize that only God, only God, can change this land and pray for a new awakening and a revival of people who are falling away from the faith. And if you're like me, you need to clean up things that you put before your time with God. And if you're like me, you have to focus on the things that God finds important, not what I see as important. And so as I'm humbling myself and seeking God's face and turning from my wicked ways, I believe that God will act. I believe he will respond to men and women in Washington, D.C. and in the church who have not regarded God's law and they have torn it up. In the Greek, in the Hebrew rather, it says, for they have regarded your law and torn it to shreds. They have broken it. But for the believer, therefore I love your commandments more than gold, yes, than fine gold. And I recognize that everything you say is right, and I hate every false way. That's why I no longer listen to the media at all because they are part of the false way. I don't listen to the people who are proponents of the emergent church because they want to destroy anyone, and they've said so. They have said they want to kill off or remove anyone who continues to believe in the Bible and the good news of Jesus Christ crucified and the commandments of God, the commandments which were, by the way, perfected in the Lord Jesus and in his saying, such as 
thou shalt not commit adultery. Well, that's not the end of it, because Jesus said, if you look at a woman to lust after her, you've committed adultery already in your heart. And God wants us to have holy hearts. God wants us to be the complete fulfillment of his word, just like Jesus is, because we are to be conformed to the image of Jesus. Brothers and sisters, that's our high calling, and it calls for full armor standing in this hour and standing without going the way of the world. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood, and we have to recognize that. We wrestle against principalities and powers, and the only one who can cause us to wrestle accurately and to win is the Holy Spirit. If we're not led by the Holy Spirit throughout this next bit of our age in the United States, we will be lost. But in the power of the Holy Spirit, we will be more than conquerors. Go forth, brothers and sisters, having the full armor of God, having your mind renewed, and recognize that Jesus has already won the victory. And in Jesus' name, amen.